Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Series 2 of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach, trainer, consultant, and speaker. I work with corporate sales teams and leaders, along with startup business owners passionate about what they do, but wanting to up their sales game. My main mission is helping us all become more mindful of how we elevate our performance, perspective, and potential. If you want to know more, then look me up on LinkedIn. Chris Hatfield, always happy to chat. So if you're new to Not Another Sales Podcast, here's what to expect. It's aimed at giving you insights into how you can be successful within the world of sales, whether that's your career or your own business. We go deeper into the thought process and mindset needed for success when selling and when running a business, not just the skills and output. So if you're looking for a podcast with a difference that starts with the mind in mind, this is for you. So enough about me, let's get started. Hey people, I only just recorded this episode last week, but I thought it was very fitting to share it with you today. Today I'm joined by James Borden, director at Outbound View and host of the Lunch Break podcast. And we're going to be talking all about selling with empathy. We're going to be talking about why empathy is so important in sales, particularly now and in the future moving forwards. What made James switch to a more empathetic approach and the results he's seen from it what his thoughts and process of being currently to the current situation going on, and also what else along with empathy he feels is important, and perhaps why people misunderstand it a lot of the time. So if you're looking for a more effective way to sell right now, to truly engage and understand and show you can empathize with your potential prospects and customers, then this episode is for you. So enjoy. James, welcome. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, bringing me here. Happy to be here. You're, you're welcome. Thank you for joining me on a episode of Not Another Sales Podcast, technically again, but for the first time kind of live. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Fired up to be here. Great. Great. And, and James, for people tuning in who might have not caught your segment on Series 1, it would be great for you to, to start by giving them a bit of an intro and a the story of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is James Bodden. I am a director at a company called Outbound View. Um, we are an outsourced sales development company. We work uh, with companies to help them scale their insights. We work with uh, some, do some things with lead data and data cleansing. So really all fun stuff at the top of the sales funnel. Um, and I've spent the last 12 years of my life in sales, uh, started out in wireless sales, transitioned into inside B2B sales. Uh, and then, yeah, really over the last four years, uh, have been living in, in the sales development world and, uh, four to five years and, and really just fell in love with it when I found it. Uh, and, um, don't see myself getting out of this world anytime soon. So, you know, really passionate about sales, sales development, coaching, training, treating salespeople with empathy and compassion, you know, all these things, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sales geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm sure we'll have a fantastic time today talking about uh, all things sales. Yeah, definitely. And um, you mentioned it there, James, is one of the things, and this could have came as we were speaking before we started recording this, is uh, the gathering last week with Morgan J. Ingram and yourself. Um, I think it was about 40 or 50 of us in there, wasn't there? Um it was really yeah. interesting hearing, like, of course, on the front line of what's going on. And one of the things coming out that was one of my key takeaways that I shared was was really about utilizing empathy and selling with empathy. And it's probably never been as now. So I'd love to get your take, as you mentioned there. It's something that you sort of firmly believe in as we go through and just explore a bit more about that, really. 
Um, yeah. So I suppose, first of all, you know, we're recording this in, in the midst of Corona. Can't get away from, from hearing about it these days. But it'd be good to get your sort of thoughts, I suppose, first of all, on, on what's been your thought process and how you've reacted and adapted to this current situation with, when it comes to selling. Yeah, I mean, I have actually tried to minimize my knee-jerk reactions. I think everybody is just, I mean, this is such an unprecedented event in human history that it's, and, and you know, nobody knows what to do. So in lieu of knowing what to do, I feel like a lot of people replace that with doing anything and having any reaction the first reaction they feel, the immediate reaction they feel, right? Oh my God, I need to stop everything I'm doing because I have no clue how to do outreach or I need to go all the way into feeling like I need to ask a complete stranger how their family's doing on a cold call in order to show that much empathy. You know, it's like they people don't know how to react. So their first knee-jerk reaction is to go way far to whatever their first instinct is, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I have tried to to minimize that when it comes to my outreach and talking to other people um, because honestly, uh, you know, everybody's dealing with it. It's on everybody's mind. Everybody knows it's happening. Um, and we have a little bit of a different perspective in our business because we work with several different clients. So I've also been able to see that while there are clients that are obviously affected in negative ways, having to stop outreach because they're an event-based business, there are also clients that we have that are thriving during this time because they sell a product uh, that helps hospitals out or something to that effect, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been able to see a little bit more of a wider landscape and so that helps me stay in the middle with my reaction. I can understand that there's going to be negative effects of this. And I'm also going to see that it's there are positive effects of this in some sectors, right? So um, I just try and, you know, and it's easier said than done, but I try and just remind myself that, you know, nothing is ever all the way one way, good or bad. There's always going to be some good and some bad. You try and identify the good, focus on that acknowledge the negative, understand if there's a way that you can avoid that going forward, but also accepting that it's part of part of life, you mm -hmm. know, so trying to stay in the middle, but, uh, you know, doesn't always work. doesn't always happen that way, but that's, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and relating to your, your, what people are doing is that knee jerk reaction. I think it's this lack of control that we have as human beings that kind of scares us. I was reading an article yeah. today as to why, why everyone's gone for toilet roll for example and it was talking about the, this lack of control and we want to be able to take some form of control back so when people yep. go and purchase those kind of things and stockpile they feel like they're prepared for something and then it just creates this mass media of oh everyone else is doing it so we need to do it as well and it just so happens to be mm -hmm. toilet paper in this scenario or dried pasta um yeah yeah oh, or, or or people not buying corona beer yeah yeah that's so silly i mean People are smart. They know that that's not actually associated with anything. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to control that. I'm going to keep that out of my house. Yeah, I mean, that makes complete sense. We are we are interesting primates. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. And, um, you know, getting to the point, I suppose, of, of what you mentioned at the start as well around this, this empathetic piece. Why do you think empathy is so important in sales, and particularly now more than ever? And not just 
during this time, but but beyond that, yeah. why it will continue to be. Yeah, well, here's the here's the problem, Chris. Uh, sales professionals, as a as a collective group, tend to be late to the party on things like this, mm. and so it takes for for it to take something like this for our community to now be talking about empathy and compassion. The you know, unfortunately. <laughs> that includes a good portion of people that are now coming around to this because they're seeing it as a way to continue to hit their quota. Like, oh, well, now instead of being a hardcore closer, I got to be a really nice, empathetic guy. I'll, I'll learn how to do that so I can close more deals. Like, that's the wrong motivation, in my opinion. Um, and so I think we are seeing some of that right now. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, and I, and I didn't always think like this, but when I made the mental switch of really thinking about, okay, who am I reaching out to? Let me get to know the type of person I'm reaching out to, not on a personal level, but at a persona level. What are the business objectives that my ideal customer profile wants to get done in a day? That's like the first layer of um, empathy and compassion to me, right? Because if you're targeting a VP of sales, or let's not take a VP of sales, let's say a director of you know data analytics. You have nothing, no clue what that person does. Uh-huh. But if you're taking the time to research about them and learn about the jobs that they want to get done and what's important to them and how whatever your product or service can do can help them, that's the first layer of empathy and compassion to me. Um, if you're not taking that time, which many of us don't, and I didn't personally, um, I would just kind of show up and read the script and I was just, I, I was able to book meetings. I was doing the work, but I wasn't really being empathetic or compassionate about it, which is okay. But I, you know, don't expect different results. Right. So I think that's the first layer. And um, th- then after that, it, it, it really becomes just, believing in what you're selling, which is tough for a lot of folks. I know I've worked places where I didn't a hundred percent believe in the product or service I was selling and that makes it even harder. So I think some people tend to want to, um, you know, (laughs) gloss over that and, and Mm -hmm. ignore that, but it's an important part of it. Um, you know, one interesting thing though, with, with this whole Corona virus and, and now, everybody recognizing that, you know, you have to have empathy and compassion. Uh, The first thing that kind of came to my mind, Chris was like, well, what were we doing before? (laughs) You know? Um, And, and um, I think I've had some interesting conversations. I actually put up a post today um, about this, about empathy and compassion. And, and I had somebody respond basically, uh, struggling to take their, I guess, quote unquote, hunter mentality and tie it to empathy and compassion in sales. Um, And I think there's a lot of people that probably struggle with that because they think that the empathy and compassion needs to be on a personal level. And I don't even right now, I don't necessarily think that's necessary. Um, Mm -hmm. I think because, you know, truthfully, if you're reaching out cold, like you never, you've never spoken to somebody before and you're reaching out and saying, you know, I hope you and your family are safe and 
you know, all of these things, like talking about them on a personal level, that can rub people the wrong way. Because do you actually care? Maybe, maybe Mm. not. Right. I mean, and that's a fair thing for them to say. Right. So there's you got to be careful. And I think a lot of people associate empathy and compassion automatically with, you know, caring about that person as a person. And I think that's great. If you have that in you, run with it. But that's not necessarily what where your mind needs to go right now or ever. You just need to be empathetic and compassionate about their business role, what they're mm-hmm. trying to accomplish every day when they show up to work and whether or not your product or service can help them. I think that's what it needs to be based in. Mm. Yeah. And I think why empathy gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes is because it's not fully understood. A lot of people confuse it with sympathy. Exactly. Um, and they, they see it as a sign of weakness or, the sympathy with people is that, oh, it's, you know, if I'm too sympathetic, then people are going to walk all over me or my customers are going to not, I'm not going to be able to negotiate effectively when it's like, no, it's not sympathy. It's, it's empathy. It's, it's like you have said, it's putting yourself in the shoes and from a business perspective, um, because it can become white noise at the moment, can't it? We've seen all the stuff going on on LinkedIn with people talking about um, all these posts and, and sometimes it can just become like, you know, you're the 10th person to ask me about that today. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't actually mean anything anymore. It, it becomes trite. Yeah, it becomes trite really quickly. It becomes another tactic, right? That, Mm -hmm. oh, now, you know, now they're just trying to get me to get into a meeting by acting like they care about me. And and that's Mm -hmm. a real, uh, because there are people out there, I'm sure, doing that. um, And that gives us all a bad name. Um, But, you know, it's also, well, you didn't care four weeks ago, right? So it's it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, I think the way that you can kind of move forward right now is really kind of having an honest conversation about yourself, uh, about your intentions to yourself, Um, Mm -hmm. because that's where it starts, right? So like, I am okay with like, I genuinely know that I personally, I can't help anybody's family out right now. Right. Like I can't I can't go there to wherever that prospect is and, and, and help them on a personal level. But as a salesperson, me and my company, I have a certain set of tools in my tool bag that I can help on a business in, in, in the business world. Right. And, and that's why I'm going to reach out. That's why I'm reaching out. Um, the more people I talk to kind of on the receiving end of cold outreach right now appreciate being direct. If you are Mm. reaching out to have a conversation about your product or service, let them know. Don't shroud it in, hey, just checking up on you and hope every, no. Yeah. Right? I mean, because what are you really going to do? And another great point, you're getting tons of that already. So it's a problem. It's a challenge. I think we're all struggling with it. One Solution, I think, is if you can av- if if you can avoid email. Um, I think it's probably a good idea right now because, boy, is it hard to get tone right in email, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, writing email copy was hard enough, and now trying to write it in a way that kind of covers all your bases is really really hard. Um, f- talking to somebody on the phone. And being able to 
hear their voice and immediately tell if you, you you hear the kids in the background and crazy. Yep. Called them at a bad time. Sounds like you got a lot going on. I can call you back later. You know I mean? It's just so much easier to read and use mm. those sales skills, right? Like it kills me when salespeople are so wrapped up in their email messaging and how it's coming across. Well, the best way to convey what you really want to convey is, is, is in a conversation. So I think if you can avoid leaning on email and, and turn to the phone to pick up the phone and, and, you know, be direct and honest with people about what you're doing and why you're doing it, but coming from a place of understanding that there's probably a lot of transitions going on. There's probably 18 other priorities that they have at the moment, but I, I am this salesperson for ABC company. We can help in XYZ way. Wanted to see if that would be something that would, could help you out in the short term right now because things are crazy. If not, fantastic. You know, we'll reconnect when the world's a little bit calmer. Um, and, then, and then LinkedIn, you know, video messages yeah. on LinkedIn like we talked about in the Zoom room. Um, I think that's another fantastic way, like human connection. You're a human, they're a human, you're a salesperson, you have the ability to communicate well and connect with people. Find the channels where you can do that. Email doesn't really let you do that. That's just what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and also, I think, um, you know, when you are calling people as well, you, you even sense from their tone where they're at. And that's why I love one of my main takeaways was just being a bit direct and going, look, I know you might have 101 things going on right now. But I, if you've got 30 seconds, I just want to share like an overview and see if it could benefit you right now. If not, it's fine. You know, we can have a conversation another day. And I think empathy, particularly in the moments like this, will really help you nurture and, and build those relationships because people will remember these these times and they will remember how salespeople engage with them and interacted with them um, and, and empathize with them. And look, I, I completely understand so that when things do quiet down, I think, you know what, that person really understood. They didn't just try and pitch me. They didn't just ignore me when I said I was too busy. Yeah. Like they've, they've, they've come from a place of, yeah, I get it. And as we talked about at the start, I don't think it's ever been easier to be able to empathize with someone <laughs> when the whole world is going through the same thing. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's common ground, right? And, and yeah. you know, I personally, um, you know, this week, I'm, I'm <clears throat> you know, I am uh, – obviously acknowledging it in my outreach, but it's not, it's not the cornerstone of why of, of my message. Right. And I think that's, nice. I think that's maybe where some people get confused too. Right. Like mm -hmm. these are trying times, but look, nobody's looking, nobody's looking to you to give them insight or have a conversation about a global pandemic. Right. The, the best yeah. you can hope for and the most you can do in the, in the, the most real way that you could help is by being articulate and direct, compassionate, empathetic, persistent, all of those things about whatever you have to offer that may be able to help them. Right. And um, mm. really these things don't change when this is all over, right? If you can maintain this mindset, it's going to help you out so much because you, when you have empathy, for your prospects, you can, it's so much easier to detach from outcomes because when you, when you understand that, okay, well, you know, I've had a few meetings with this prospect, 
we've come to a point now where they just told me that they're going to have to put this on hold because of XYZ reason. When you can practice empathy and put yourself in that person's shoes and understand that they've been on this ride with you, they've been on all these calls with you, they had to go to their boss and talk about this initiative and they had to get told no. And then they had to spend a day thinking about how they were going to break it to you because they know it's on you. You know, I mean, then you can you can instead of when the deal goes dry being pissed off at the customer and talking shit when the call ends and griping to your colleagues and you know um having a bad taste in your mouth and ultimately maybe letting that prospect go and never following up you could say well that makes sense if i was in their shoes i would feel this this and this way and you know, I don't have to take it so personally. You know, it helps you out too in a selfish way when you can compact when you practice compassion and empathy. And um, it's an interesting uh, time because uh, you know, again, like you pointed out, compassion and empathy sound like such sensitive words. <laughs> you know, like um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, if somebody had come to me in the first four years of my sales career and said, "Hey, man," You know the way that you really crush quota? Practice compassion and empathy. I would have said, <laughs> what are you smoking? Get out of here. Uh, you know, I need to go yeah. hunt. I'm a hunter. I'm a sales. I'm a closer. I need to crush quota. You know? um, but it, it's funny. The further away I've gotten from that mentality and the further I've gotten away from you know, closing and being a hunter to being compassionate, empathetic, and just trying to help people along our sales process like it's just the success is so much more on the compassion and empathetic side that i can't argue with the data like it's just a better way to do it <laughs> yeah yeah and i think and the, and the thing on that as well why empathy is such a big thing is because what when you're empathetic with someone you go beyond just their likes wants and needs and you can really then tap into their their pain or their gain like people will buy either to relieve pain or achieve gain that's and it's, it's built on emotion. And there's a, a saying, I don't know if you've heard it, that we buy with emotion and defend it with rationality. Absolutely. Thinking. Absolutely. And that everything we buy, we'll buy with emotion. And anyone asks us about it, we'll then think, well, you know, I'm going to defend it with rational thinking because I didn't do this, I did do that. Like things, personal things. And that's the same way we do in business. So if you can really be empathetic with someone, you can tap into what are their fears and their pain straight away and, and start uncovering that sooner to actually realize yes, I can solve it, or them feeling, yes, this person can solve it, or they can't right now. And that, if they can't right now, that's fine. But if they've understood them, that's great because I want to speak to this person. Absolutely. Again. And it's a little counterintuitive, right? But a lot of things that make you better in, in, in whatever your chosen profession is seem counterintuitive, right? It's, it's like um, the idea of uh, the first time somebody came to me and asked me if I meditated, I was like, sit still for 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes I could be doing, you know, being productive. When in reality, you know, if you can take 10 minutes to sit, it's actually going to make you more productive all day. You know, and I think sometimes yeah. we just forget that. And and if you're empathetic, really what being empathetic is, is having a deep understanding of who your customer is and what they worry about. The person that knows that, like the back of their hand is the best salesperson on the sales floor. No doubt. It's the ones who think it's all about their product and their features and their skill that's going to get them 
to President's Club, those are the ones that, you know, have a lot of hot air, those inflated pipelines. And at the end of the quarter, they're always scraping together discounts. Right. But the people that are, you know, coming from a place of abundance and they're acting and they know their customer and they know that if the timing's not right now, these are the ways that I can provide value to them in these next few months because I just know them so well. I know what they they do. I know what they care about. I can send them a few cool resources to keep us top of mind. And then when they come back around, I've I've not been so personally invested with my own ego that my feelings are hurt that they said no the first time and I went cold on them, right? I nurtured them. Mm. I was respectful of their decision. I understood their decision and could put myself in their shoes making it easier for me to deal with internally. You know, it's just, it's a recipe for being a, a, a killer salesperson, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, and then yeah. the compassion piece comes from, un, you know, really like so much of our messaging is about us, right. And, and our product and what we can do, the compassion part, I feel like has helped me with just understanding that like, look, the best thing I can do is try and educate somebody about how I can help see if they think it's relevant. And then from there we can, we're either in this thing together or not at all. And that saves so yeah. much confusion down the line. You don't have people ghosting you, you know, you very quickly figure out if you're on the same page by laying everything out very clearly for them. And then, uh, you know, you can move forward together. And if it's not the right time, you can understand ways to continue to provide value from kind of the sideline and be ready to step in when they need you. You know, that's that's uh, the best salespeople I know that have been doing it for 30 years operate like this. They've been operating with compassion and empathy for 25 years. They figured this out a long time ago. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, you know, the big thing here is as well is, it's important to be empathetic and compassionate with your customers, but also yourself <laughs> yeah. at times, particularly at times like this is we kind of forget this is that we've got empathetic towards our customers. It's like, are you being empathetic towards yourself at the moment? Are you being compassionate yeah. towards yourself to be able to go, look, you know, things have changed and you've got to adapt to them. So don't expect to, to nail this straight away. If you're trying a completely different approach or people aren't biting straight away is look, you know, this is something completely different that you've never had to face before. I saw someone the other day is like, you know, when you get through this, you can tell someone, look, I sold for a pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you, you got, you got that status. You can put it on your CV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people, people are going to want to, want to buy into that. And I think, um, you know, it's so true as, as you mentioned around that, that compassion and empathy is just sort of taking, taking yourself to the next level, but not forgetting to, to give it to yourself at the same time. So what you've mentioned a couple of times, James, with, you know, once you kind of saw the light of empathy and compassion, what was it that made you switch towards that thing? Or was it something that happened? And, and what was it? What was it kind of like before? What did you kind of know? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah. for me, it started with st struggling, struggling to book meetings. <laughs> um, I was a I was a BDR yeah. in um, an industry. I worked for a, da a data analytics consulting firm. So. And, and the highest level of math I've ever taken is like algebra two, right? So I am not a math guy. Like that world was so far away from what I was familiar with. Every other job I'd had, you know, selling cell phones, even selling office supplies um, to car dealerships or being a physician recruiter, like I could understand enough of it, you know, to be able to get by, 
right? Or I understood, or, or I understood it very well, even. Um, and so when I got to this new role that was just finding new opportunities, opening new opportunities, getting people's attention, generating interest. I think I experienced that initial when you're new in a job, you just have all this energy and there wasn't really anybody else doing much. So I came in and the first couple of months I saw some success um, mainly because there wasn't really anybody else coming in and trying very hard. And then um, just kind of that initial luck you get sometimes, but very quickly I realized I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, um, these little tips and tricks and things that I've done so far to kind of get by without really knowing who I'm calling on and talking to there, that's going to run out here. Um, and so I basically went to, because I worked for a data analytics consultant firm, you know, I worked with a lot of data analytic, like data scientists and directors of data analytics. And so I just finally broke down one day because I was going through such a bad slump and I just begged one of them to come into a room and talk to me for a little bit. And I just showed them all of my messaging and everything I'd been saying. And I wanted to know why it wasn't working and why people didn't care. And over the next, I don't know, week or so, I had a few of those conversations and it was eye-opening. You know, I was like, geez, I have been really, really dropping the ball here. Because for years, I've been thinking that my skill, my ability to carry a conversation and be charming and engage people without really knowing what they cared about, what their job was about. You know, I've been fooling myself thinking that that was the way to do it. Right. And then, so I started down that path and then really for me started, uh, my meditation practice started at that time. And a lot of the books and literature I was reading about that, just, you know, talk about compassion and empathy. Um, I started reading a lot of books on Buddhism and learning about, um, you know, Buddha's life and kind of the path that he took. And again, lots of compassion and empathy. And then somewhere along the line, maybe like two or three years ago, they, they just kind of converged. I had a, I had a conversation with somebody I worked with and I, it clicked for me. I was like, okay, well, the difference for me in this last role that helped me see success was, you know, being empathetic and taking the time to learn about the people that I'm calling on. And, and, um, so for me, it was a very, like, I got in and did it and then realized I had done it kind of thing. Um, I think again, if somebody had come to me and said, you need to be more compassionate and more empathetic, I would have been like, that sounds soft. And I don't even know what you mean. Right. Um, but it was really just me discovering it out of struggling, and I was struggling because I hadn't put in the work to to really learn about who I was going after. I mean, it is crazy to me to think that you're a BDR, you go into work for eight hours, and you're going to just take whatever training, what you know, high level training you've gotten on the ICPs you target, and read the script, and that's that's it for most of us, right? That's as deep as we go into figuring out like who am I spending my day trying to get in touch with? Like, do I really know? Have I ever talked to somebody like that outside of me giving them a cold call? (laughs) You know, I mean, so Mm. doing something like that, like if you target, you know, CISOs or CHROs, go talk to your company's CHRO and show them what you're saying to other people. 
in their role at different companies and see if that were that is the most empathetic thing you could do for for your prospects right is to go down a path of learning about what they truly care about right it doesn't have to be this super personal you don't have to act like you're some you know um mother teresa type person right like nobody's expecting that out of you people just want to you know nowadays stuff's crazy be direct be clear be respectful of their time tell them why you're calling let them decide if it makes sense to continue or not and i think that's the best we can do yeah I think I think absolutely, and I think it it's just making people realize and that listening to this that you don't have to always show that you say, <laughs> yeah you show that you understand yeah yeah I mean thing around empathy I, I think that's where a lot of people are getting hung up and I and I got hung up on it too I was like yeah. I don't want to be the guy reaching out and claiming that I you know care about I mean I do care about people's families but I also know that there are people in their lives that actually care about their families you, you know and and I don't want to mm. you know. Um, dilute that by acting like I do. You know, if I get one more email yeah. from a large corporation saying that they're here for me, <laughs> um, I'm going to go crazy, you know, because I don't even, I bought something from you four years ago, right? And and um, what are you going to do for me, right? So it's, it, it's, it's a little disingenuous. I see where people have a hang up and I think recognizing that it can it can be business focused. It can be focused on how you can help them in their business. It doesn't have to be something disingenuous, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I I see um you know a company I work for uh, full time still Payment Sense. We've we've adopted this customer first approach, and I see a lot of other businesses doing this now, where with their inductions they'll actually focus the first two or yep. three weeks on just the customer. Like so, it's it's so like we're ingrained to think right. We come into a business and we're going to learn everything about what we do, but we don't actually learn anything about who we're selling to. Like let's just have a day where we talk about our customer, get them to learn about their websites, go and read all their about their like messaging and positioning, and understand that first because that's who you're going to be selling to. Yeah, I think that is a fantastic thing, and I can tell you, I've never been anywhere that yeah. did that ever. Yeah. So, you know, I think this paradigm shift is going to do us all some good. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> you know, once we all, once we get comfortable with it, you know, and we can realize that being, you know, compassionate, compassionate and empathetic salespeople makes us better than any hunter we could ever hope to be. Um, I think once we can kind of come to terms with that, we'll, we'll all be much better off for Definitely. it. Definitely. And, and linked to that around where businesses are going, I suppose, what guidance or advice would you have for, for sales leaders in, in this situation around empathy and around compassion and, and enabling their sales teams around them to, to utilize this? Yeah, well, um, look, I'm going to say something. You know, my answer is the same now. If you had asked me six months ago, how can a sales leader, you know, be the best leader they can be. Um, it starts with, you know, for me, it starts with emotionally supporting your team, right? So um, you're their you're their leader. Like you need to know about their families. You need to know about their interests. You need to know about their hobbies. You need to know about, um, you know, a, a, as much as you can find out to to and and connect with them on. 
um, so that they understand that you're not just SDR number two in seat D, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, you have to set that tone and you do that by, um, you know, like literally sitting down with them, not in a one-on-one, not in a scheduled meeting, you know, having lunch with them, talking to them about everything but work, you know, and doing it genuinely. Um, the first real sales leader I ever had completely changed my sales career because she came in to a team that was completely broken. The morale was horrible. The store was performing dismally. And she came in and the first thing she did was talk with everybody one-to-one on a personal level. Hi, I'm Rena. Who are you? I'm James. What do you you know, why are you here? What do you, what do you care about? Mm -hmm. What's your family life like? Right. And not in a, not in a intrusive way. Like she wasn't being nosy. I didn't feel obligated to tell her anything that, that was too personal or anything like that. But I just immediately knew that she cared about me as a person. Right. And then on top of that, once I knew that, then when we had conversations that were maybe a little bit tough, right. Like, Hey James, like, you, you weren't cutting it this past week. Let's talk about what happened. There was just this layer of like, I, I, I never got defensive or felt threatened because I knew that, you know, she knew me as a person. She had taken that time. That gesture was huge. So leadership now has to be about emotionally supporting your team, has to be about connecting with them and making sure like, you do know them personally. You do need to be reaching out and making sure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and um, you need to be as visible as possible right now, not hiding behind email. You need to be on every team meeting video on every one one you know, one-on-one video on, um, you know, you, you, you just need to be, make it clear that you're there for them. You're not, you're leading from the front. You also are confused, right? Like let's not pretend. I think being transparent about your own feelings is huge, but, but the main thing is, is emotion, you know, emotionally supporting your team um, because, you know, we'll get through this. This is something that will be tough to get through, but we'll come out of it. Um, and, and, one way or another business will continue. It may be drastically different, but it'll go on. Um, and people will remember mm. how you treated them. Right. And, uh, and, um, you know, if you're more worried about how much, you know, Hey, did you spend seven hours on the computer today? I didn't see you logging in. I didn't see your time, you know, whatever report you're worried about, stop worrying about the reports. And if they're working eight hours a day, Start worrying about how they're mentally feeling right now with all of the crazy stuff going on and try your best to remove any obstacles that are getting in their way from getting their job done, uh, which is all shit you should have already been doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. Well so. summarized there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I suppose finally, James, have you got any other ad- advice for the listeners? Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to relate to what we've been talking about today, but just what what you think people should walk away from with this as well. Yeah, look, I mean, I think one of the biggest uh, pieces of advice I would give salespeople, and, and this kind of go, and this has helped me in life um, more recently too, you know, with everything going on, but just remembering 
that m- most things in life are are best when they're done in in moderation and you can kind of stay in the middle. And I mean that, you know, on the emotion side, sales is a crazy roller coaster of a gig. <laughs> and if you can learn how to not get too carried away with the negative stuff that happens and too down on yourself and not get too amped up on your successes and let that ego run wild. If you can learn how to kind of stay in the middle there and then also staying in the middle as far as making sure you're doing a little bit of physical activity, a little bit of meditation or taking time to just sit and calm down for a bit at the end of a day. Right. It doesn't, you know, I feel like people right now are wondering what they have to do or what they should do. And then once they lock onto something, they feel like they have to do it 110% all the time. This is the new me. Well, that's probably not going to last, mm-hmm. right? The things that last are those small daily habits that you can build. So everybody's telling you right now, exercise, 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 exercise. That's really important in, in quarantine. Well, if you're not used to doing that, it can seem like, oh, what do I even do? How do we even get started? I need to work out two hours a day. No, you're better off 10 push-ups a day, mm-hmm. right? That's better than nothing. And it doesn't take up your whole day. It doesn't really change anything. It's a couple of minutes, right? So re- remembering that kind of staying in the middle in whatever you're facing is probably the best course of action um, because it allows you to remain objective. You can see all sides of a situation and you can proceed forward in kind of the best way possible for all parties involved. So that would be my piece of advice for folks. Great. Great. Well said. Well said. And thank you, James, so much for your your time today. It's it's been a real um, honor and pleasure speaking to you as well. Yeah, I've had a blast. Uh, You've definitely got my mind turning here and and, uh, loved your points as well, Chris. I think, um, you know, folks, uh, I'm just very glad that there's folks out there like you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And and for people that this is the first time coming across to James, how can they connect with you or follow what you're talking about in your world as well beyond this? Yeah. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. Uh, James Bodden, B-A-W-D-E-N. Um, and then uh, probably the easiest thing they can do is go to my link tree. So linktr.ee slash James Bodden. Uh, and you can find all the different ways to connect with me there. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you again, James, for coming on. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey people, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to find out more and connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn under Chris Hatfield, H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D, or on my website, www.notanothersalesguy.com. That's www.notanothersalesguy.com. Stay tuned in future for some courses and free content on there as well. But for now, have a good one and I'll catch you soon.